Hello, and welcome to LSA's sermon-based podcast. Today, we have a guest speaker, Andrew Stull. He is going to be speaking in our story series about Gideon. And now, here is Andrew Stolp. Well, I brought a couple quick quick pictures. I just wanted to show you what we kind of looked like when we left LSA. This is back in 2014. It's almost nine years ago. I have been here since. I have guest spoken before. I guest spoke just uh, a few months after our church caught fire. If you follow me at all or know me a bit, you know that uh, a couple years into my ministry in Welland, our church caught fire. It was a significant fire. We are still in the process of a kind of a permanent new home. We have purchased 10 acres and we have a couple buildings on that 10 acres that we're hoping to transform into a church. But if you know anything about building departments and zoning laws and all that, it's a bit of a process to go through that. But this was 2014. This is our kids now. Look at this. This is insane. So that's Michaela. Michaela was uh, going into grade eight when we left. And I remember it so clearly. Michaela Charmaine was in one vehicle with Anderson and Michaela and I were in the other vehicle and we're driving out of our laneway on Patillo Road is where we used to live. And Michaela just starts to cry. And as soon as my little girl cries, then I start to cry, right? And so we're both bawling as we're leaving this area to go on to our, the next call that God kind of had on our lives. So that's kind of what they look like now. Life is wild that way. Well, you have asked me to come and be a part of this series called Stories, and it's more than just a story, and this morning we're looking at the story of Gideon. I absolutely love the story of Gideon, but before I get into that, I think there might be some visitors here this morning, so if you're visiting with us, could we just welcome any visitors who might be here with us this morning? It is so, so awesome to have you with us. Uh, I'm visiting to a certain degree, but I really do feel like this is a huge part of my home. Um, LSA gave me so much in six years. Uh, I was the youth pastor here, but there were so many opportunities to grow as a leader. Uh, LSA at that time, certainly I don't know about now so much, but certainly at that time was very much into leadership development. And so if there was a conference you could go to or get to or be a part of leadership somehow, They wanted you to get there, and that's what I did. I took in a lot of conferences while I was here, and my leadership skills hopefully developed a bit. And uh, can I just tell you, I'm probably more nervous this morning than I've been in a long, long time. When people come up to you and they say, so looking forward to hearing you speak, I just want to run out the door and be like, I don't know if you are looking forward to this or not. This, This could go real south real quick. So anyway, we're in our stories, and we're talking about Gideon, and it's more than just a story. How many of you are are movie fanatics? Any movie fanatics out there? One of you, that's great. So out of a a group of approximately 300 maybe or whatever, I'm I'm talking to one person. Well, you can bring up that next slide, the final slide. This is what we're going to be looking at this morning. We're looking at the mission that's possible There's a possible mission, and what is the mission that's possible? The mission that's possible is to share our story. Do you understand that that's what we were created for? We were created to share Jesus with other people. That's our mission, but so many of us think that that's an impossible mission or a mission that's impossible. This movie is in the headlines right now. It came out, the seventh installment came out like two weeks ago. 
It's already bringing in millions and millions of dollars. And they just, this franchise, this Mission Impossible has done such a great job of keeping these movies good. They're working on their eighth one, but the eighth one is in, in a stall mode because of the strike in Hollywood and all that's going on there. So it's going to be interesting to see when that one will be able to follow up because the seventh movie, the one that just came out, is actually like a part one. It's a part one. I haven't seen it yet, but I want to go and see it. But I wanted to kind of just reference that. The first one came out 27 years ago. Do you remember that first one? Like, that's a young Tom Cruise. And he doesn't even look that much older nowadays. It's pretty crazy. But I wanted to talk to us about the fact that the mission actually is possible. Many of us get nervous about this mission, this mission that God has called each one of us to. What did Jesus say to us before he left for heaven? He said, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them everything that I've commanded you. And sometimes we think about this mission and we get to the point where we're like, God, that, that's not me. I'm not an evangelist. I'm not someone who's going to share Jesus with someone else. Well, you may not be an evangelist, per se, in terms of your gifting, but we're all, care, we're all called to share God's love. So talking about this mission possible, Jesus said this in Mark chapter 10, verse 27. He said, with man, with man this is impossible, but with God nothing is impossible. Well, with any mission to be possible, there's a group of people that needs to be assembled. If you've watched the series of movies and so forth, you know the character in the movie, Ethan Hunt, he's kind of the, the head honcho, so to speak, of his team. And he has to always gather people in around him to help him with this mission that's impossible. The same thing could be said of us. It could be said that we need to gather people in around us to help us out with this mission. That's why the church is vitally important. That's why small groups is super important. That's why meeting in just groups of two or three are super important. And even if you're alone, that's why it's really important to have the Holy Spirit in your life because that's that combination of togetherness that allows us to be a part of the mission that is certainly possible when we bring people into our lives. I want to be looking at, we're going to be looking at Judges chapter 6 through 8. If you have a Bible or a Bible app or something like that, you can turn to that. I want to turn to uh, Judges chapter 6, and we're looking at the first few verses here. It says this, it says, The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years God gave them into the hands of the Mennonites. Oh, I mean, no, sorry, the Midianites, the Midianites. And it says, because of the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves and mountain clefts and caves and strongholds. That goes on to say, whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites and the Amalekites and other eastern people invaded their country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel. Neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys, they came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them on their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. 
Now, we may not be oppressed in the sense of having this massive group of people kind of overwhelming us and taking over our lands and so forth, but there are certainly times where probably everyone in this place has at some point in their life cried out to God for help. Perhaps it's been in a workplace situation. Perhaps it's been in a marriage relationship or a relationship with your children. Perhaps it's been in, in uh, a school situation for some of you who've been in school. And there's just come a point in your life where you've been like, God, where are you? Help me through this situation. Get me through this impossible mission. So there are things that come into our life. Well, the story goes on to say this, and in verse 12 it says this. I love this in the story of Gideon. It says, When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Then look at the next verse, verse 13. It says, Pardon me, my Lord. You are a mighty warrior, the angel says to Gideon, and Gideon says, <clears throat> pardon me? You, you talking to me? Like, anyone behind me? Anyone around me? Could you imagine that experience? Can you put yourself into these situations at times and into, into the stories of the Bibles? Imagine you're this person. Maybe you feel like Gideon. If you know anything about Gideon, Gideon is a part of the tribe of Manasseh. It's a, one of the tribes of Israel, but it was considered the least of the tribes. And Gideon even says to the angel, he says, I'm the least in the least tribe. I'm a nobody. What are you doing calling me a mighty warrior? Have you lost your mind, angel? And some of us have found ourselves in that place where God has called us to an impossible mission or a mission impossible and we said to him, you've got the wrong person. Because I am the least of these. Look at what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. It says, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. What does this calling mean? It means when you, were, when you were born again, so to speak, when you were brought to a relationship with Christ of his knowledge of what he did on the cross for you. It says, not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were from noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak, the weak things of this world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. So that no one can boast before him. It is because of Jesus Christ who has become our wisdom from God that is our righteousness, our holiness, and our redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Paul, the author of Corinthians and the author of a significant amount of the New Testament, reminds us that we're nobodies. You ever get kind of high on your horse? You ever kind of just kind of walk around and like, hey, how you doing? No, never mind that part. <laughs> but you walk around and with this kind of arrogant type of, <laughs> I know better than he or she. I got my life together. I got this, I got that. I'm, 
I'm ready for retirement, whatever it might be. And we can take on this attitude sometimes. And God says, no, I'm looking for people. I want to use everyone, but I want to primarily use people who are humble. People who are willing to say that they need God's help. So, are you a part of the people that God wants to use to fulfill his mission? The second thing I see is this. I see the plan. <laughs> You've maybe heard this saying before, if you plan to fail, you fail to plan. Have you ever heard that one? Believe it or not, God's a planner. He's like the ultimate planner. It's a little bit frustrating sometimes because we can't plan like God because God can see ahead of his plan. We want to know God's plan oftentimes, don't we? We're like, God, if you could just let me know what's going to happen down the road here. And if you could do that now, that'd be great. And God says, no, 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 hold on. You're okay. I have a plan. And he had a plan for Gideon. And I love this story of Gideon. Like, it's just amazing, found in Judges chapter 6 to 8. I encourage you to read the whole story. I mean, if you can't take some time out to read three chapters in a row to read the full story, uh, I just really wanted to encourage you to do that. But the story is amazing. Gideon is called to be this mighty warrior, and he does this little banter back and forth with God. He's like, okay, God, if you're really who you say you are, I want you to do some tricks for me, so to speak. It's not tricks. He, he works out... Uh, uh, what do they call it, some fleeces with God, right? Some deals, so to speak, of, hey, if you're really God, show me this way. And they kind of go through this back and forth conversation. And then God says, okay, like Gideon comes to place, like, God, you're God, yes, I agree, okay, I get it, I'm your mighty warrior, so what next? He's like, okay, we're, we're gonna get you, your army together. And he puts Gideon in charge of this army that has 30 I think it's 32,000, yes, 32,000 men are part of Gideon's army. The reason I was getting mixed up with the number because I was looking for something to compare itself. And when I drove in yesterday and I passed the Lakeshore sign, the Lakeshore sign says there's a population of 36,000 people in Lakeshore. And I was like, well, that's close enough to use as a comparison. So Gideon has 32,000 soldiers in his command now. And they're going to take on an army of 135,000. Now, if I'm Gideon, I'm like, God, this is, this is really awesome. Um, not sure if you're doing the math, but my 32,000 are going to die against the 135,000. And God's like, Gideon, you're so funny, man. Like, don't you understand who I am? So God's like, you know what, Gideon? Maybe just because you're thinking that way, I think we need to whittle this down a bit. Let's whittle this down to 22,000 soldiers. Let's take 10,000 of them away. And Gideon's like, what? What just happened there? Sorry, down to 10,000. My, my mistake. So they eliminate 22,000. The numbers are tough to remember sometimes in this story. The ultimate number is amazing. Then Gideon's like, uh, my... My 10,000 against the 135,000 doesn't look very positive, God. Not quite. I think we're going backwards here. Shouldn't you be adding to my number? Then God says, you know what, Gideon? I, I love you, buddy, but I'm not really going to get due the praise that's due to me if you take on this army with so many people. We need to whittle this down a bit. And so God whittles the number down to 300. 
300 people, an army of 300 men, are going to take on an army of 135,000 men. If that doesn't blow your mind, if that doesn't say something about the power and the nature and the character of God, I don't know what does. So there's a plan put in place, and Gideon's like, "Uh, God, I don't like this plan. This is not cool. But he comes to a place again of obedience, and he comes to a place of saying, you know what, God, I, I I can handle this. I can accept this. Because the mission is possible because you are ahead of the mission. You are in charge of it. I just need to be the obedient piece in the plan. So God's got his people put together. He's got a plan put together. And then finally, we look at the result. Well, the result is this. I'm going to turn to chapter 8. If you have your Bibles open or if you're following on a Bible app, you can turn to chapter 8, verse 28 is where we're going to be. It says this. It's titled Gideon's Death. That's a little morbid, but that's what it's titled. It says, Thus Midian was subdued before the Israelites and did not raise its head again. During Gideon's lifetime, the land had peace for 40 years. Gideon was, became a judge for the nation of Israel, and the judges were the people who came before the kings. So the judges were kind of God's way of answering the Israelites to have some people who were kind of ruling over them and kind of giving them some structure to their nation and so forth. And so while Gideon was in reign as a judge, they had peace for 40 years. It says, Jerob Bel, son of Joash, went back home to live. That's Gideon's other name. He had 70 sons of his own, for he had many wives. His concubine who lived in Shechem also bore him a son who he named Abimelech. Gideon, son of Joash, died at a good old age and was buried in the tomb of his father, Joash, and Ophrah of the Abizrites. No sooner had Gideon died than the Israelites again prostituted themselves to the Baals, to the gods of Baal. Isn't that amazing? Gideon does all this work. He, he comes to this place of such obedience with God. He defeats this incredible army. He gets them on track for 40 years, and just the pattern of Israel goes back to its regular pattern just like that. They go back to idol worship. So, the result is somewhat a good result because they had peace and they had this great relationship with God again for 40 years. But unfortunately, the pattern repeated itself. If you're judging, (laughs) no pun intended, you would think to yourself, what is with these Israelites? Why can't they just get their stuff together? Well, you know what? We're not that much different than them at times, are we? If you remember what it was like when you came to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you were probably an emphatic, really joyful, like, oh my goodness, I can't believe God did this for me type of moments. And then life kind of carries on. And then sometimes God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, sometimes they kind of take a back seat to some of our own agendas, some of our own 
idols. Do you know even good things can become idols in our lives? We can make an idol out of our family. We can make an idol out of our jobs. We can definitely make idols out of our finances. We can make idols out of our relationships. And all of a sudden, we go back to that old pattern of our life. And so I don't want that for myself. I don't want that for us. I don't want that for our churches. I want us to be people who are continually seeking God, continually in obedience to God, knowing that he chooses us who are unworthy of that calling. That's an honor. It's an honor to be chosen by God, to be a part of his mission. So let me ask you this question. Your mission, should you choose it, is to be a part of sharing your story with others. It's amazing what we're doing in our churches nowadays, and and I don't think it's wrong per se, but we're trying to give people the best music, the best sermons, the best staff people, the best website presences, the best online social media stuff. And we're thinking that all of that is going to be this huge contributor to filling our churches. Do you know what fills our churches best? Is when someone invites another person to church. When someone says, hey, I've got this great church that I want to share with you, but it's not even a great church. It's a great church because they love Jesus. And I would love for you to be introduced to him someday in my church or even by me. And we take up that mission that seems impossible. This message is going to self-destruct in approximately one minute. I hope you take up the challenge that God has set before you to be one of his disciples, to be one of his children that would be so in love with him that you could come to a place of obedience and say, you know what, God, there's nothing so scary about saying something to my neighbor, my friend, or my coworker, or a family member about who you are and what you've done in my life. Let's pray. Worship team, you can come on up. Heavenly Lord and Father, thank you for the story of Gideon. It is an incredible story. God, it is an incredible reminder of your goodness, your grace, your love, your promises, your faithfulness, your power. But it's also a great reminder of what you want to do in our lives, of people who are just small at times, people who feel insignificant at times. And so God, would you help us to come to a place of obedience? Would you help us to come to a place of being so in love with you that we say, yes, God, I will be a part of this mission. I will share the great news. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for the way that you stretch us the way that you convict us, and the way that you certainly encourage us. Thank you. Thank you for listening. 
We hope that this podcast has blessed you today, and we would appreciate it if you liked, shared, and subscribed to our channel. Or maybe you would like to partner with our ministries. Just go to lsa.church forward slash give. Or if you're ever in our area, we would love to see you in person. Until next time, be blessed, and we'll see you soon.